popping, y'all. Welcome to Eddie and Mike. It's me, Mike, and I'm here with my guy. Eddie P. Been a long time. Shouldn't have left you. And we're we're pumped. The season's about to get started. The um, preseason game between the Commanders. The Commanders. <laughs> the Commanders, boo. So like, now the Commanders and Panthers, they are playing on Saturday at 1 o'clock. And you're probably listening to this on Friday morning. So got 24 hours to get ready for the game. But we're going to just talk about some of the um, Commanders training camp, little NFL talk, um, AFC North. They're going to – the Bengals kind of surprised them last year. So let's see what's going on. Obviously, there's a big white elephant in the room in the AFC North. We'll talk about that, too. And uh, we'll end the show with a little whatnot. Couple of Jersey announcements, um, the Nats, <laughs> and a situation update on Brittany Griner. Eddie was popping, young. Not a whole lot. I just, uh, I, my mind kind of drifted when you said Jersey updates and then you said situation. Folks, we are not, this is not MTV. We're not talking Jersey Shore. Um, let's just keep that 100. Um, and for the record, I just want everybody to understand Ron Rivera had a hand in scheduling this preseason game. It's a game to evaluate talent, but it's equally a game for Ron Rivera to see which Panthers players and coaching staff <laughs> he wants to bring to DC next. That's, that's really what we're doing. That's actually a good transition to the <laughs> training camp topic. Cause I, 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 was, mean, I couldn't help myself. It was right there. No, nah, I was uh, thinking like, because we always talk about him bringing over the Panthers, the former Panthers and all that. Yeah, but he he let one go this time. Right. And we're going to talk about Sam Mills, but I, I'm like, the people that he brought over, think about it. These mammals are not contributor. <laughs> like, just think about all the ex-Panthers that came here. Uh, what's my guy named the linebacker? Why is his name? Um, Thomas Davis. Me. Yeah, Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis ain't do jack. Kyle Allen probably should have did more, but he ain't do jack. He got hurt. Um, exactly. Um, Sam Mills. It's totally his fault that he got hurt. I mean, it comes with the territory, but like you right. can't fault him for that. Like, no, I ain't fault him. Well, I mean, it kind of sounded like you were. No, no. I Sam just, Mills, we we um, said he got fired. We're going to talk about that in a sec. Um, it, like, even Curtis Sam, he hasn't even contributed yet. And he's, like, the one that's expected uh, to contribute that the most. Catch. I mean, yeah, I remember that Falcons game <laughs> or whatever, but still. That's called last year wash. I'm, I'm just and, having some fun with you, Mike. Just want to start <laughs> off trying to, you know. And, and But look, though, Sam Mills getting fired. We tease it enough. Um... We're kind of late to the party, but Sam Mills was relieved of his duties on Tuesday, and the assistant line coach, Coach Jeff, um, I forgot how to pronounce yeah. it. Huh? No, I think it's Zagonia, or yeah, Z- like I think it is Zagonia, but it's spelled Z- yeah, it's spelled it's Zagonia, but it's spelled like Zagania, but. Is actually, I think you're right, it is a going year, but nevertheless, um, multiple reporters from John came to, I'm sorry, I said came, I was, I was supposed to say Cam. John Cam, um, JP Finley, Ben Standick, all these mammals have reported in the past that Sam Mills had some beef with the defensive line. And the more you think about it, Eddie, the more I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Chase Young and Sam Mills ain't get alone. You think it was Chase? I what think it was Chase. Else? I think it was Chase and Sweat. I think those two just did not get along with Sam Mills. And then others started to follow their suit. Um, Sam Mills does seem soft-spoken. And you know Sweat and Young are like two of the most braggadocious mammas out there. Yeah. So, um I, I'm going to go with Rivera and say there may have been some philosophy crashes, but at the same time, I really do feel like Chase Young was the spearhead of this. Not saying that he wanted them to get fired, but more like he just could not work with Sam Mills the third. And um, 
I mean, I get it, though. The defensive line has not performed. He had the bounce. It's that simple. Well, it, it's not just that. I mean, you know, <laughs> who's going to be there longer? You know, you draft Young and Sweat at the positions you did, especially Chase Young, and they've been tasked with teaming up with Payne and Allen and, and um, the rest of the defense to try to help, in a way, turn this team and this organization around. And, you know, like I said, when you draft guys that high, like they're kind of get going to more than likely be the guy chosen over coaching staff, general managers, front office. You, you know what I'm saying? So having said that, I really think Rivera needs to be applauded. Um, you know, we talked about this uh, personally, you and I, about why people were kind of not panicking, but just kind of acting weird as though like the move was, uh, you know, middle of the season or, or, you know, right before the game started or something of that nature. Uh, people were really shocked about it. What I like is one, him showing that, hey, maybe some of the guys that I brought in, wherever I brought them into, if they're not fitting, like this isn't about, you know, any form of nepotism. This is about me doing what's right for the organization. So I like it on that on that front. What I also like is him sort of showing his players like, hey, look, this is business. I'm, I'm going to kind of, you know, make some uh, uh, concessions for you, if you will. But I'm, I'm going to need for this to go both ways. You, y'all are going to have to start balling out. And if I could, I really want to highlight Coach Z. I, I think this dude is one of those workhorse type of guys that's a great example for this D-line. 17-year so, NFL veteran. From 93 to, I believe, 09. Bro, come on now. And I ain't and, even heard of him. And he put up numbers, not like great numbers, but numbers that indicate he was productive. Right, for Wasn't 17 just years. Like kind of on the sideline or played one or two times special teams type of thing. Like he played, mm-hmm. and he played with a variety of different guys. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on with Sapp and Kerrigan being there. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. I'm more, I'm, I'm actually so all I can actually it. answer that. Um Sap is there's a, there's a little bit of a connection with Mayhew, right? From Tampa. Yeah. So Sap, he played with Zagonia. Um, Where? In Tampa, I think. I don't think Zagonia played in Tampa. Oh, well, they say well, they from, well, maybe it was Oakland. I, I'll have to double check, but I don't. I don't remember them playing together. I thought it well, was that Mayhew happened to be the GM. No, it's definitely when you know. Sap I definitely the, the link to the Sapp. two. Sap definitely said they were um, teammates. Yeah, they were teammates. Okay. Mayhew played with Sap in Tampa. They are former teammates. And I think um, Zagonia may have played with the Lions during Mayhew's tenure as an executive as well. But um, Kerrigan, Kerrigan's just there as a solid. He like, he ain't even coaching for real. He's just on the sidelines standing around. He's volunteering, but from what I understand, Rivera said that Kerrigan, you know, he's he's just newly retired. And I guess that that whole thing that a lot of retired athletes and, and performers and entertainers, for that matter, too, kind of go through when their time is done is, is just kind of adjusting to regular, yeah. normal, everyday life. And he had mentioned wanting to sort of see if he liked this. And uh, I think, you know, Zagonia being a former Boilermaker, just like him. Oh, for real? I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, he's, he went to Purdue as well. Obviously, a big gap between the when the two went there. <laughs> but being alums, I'm sure that didn't hurt. And what you were saying about Mills being more reserved and soft-spoken, I think a guy like Sapp might be perfect for that room. I, I think you, everything I said about Coach Z uh, being a good role model for consistency, because to be honest, and, and I stole this from uh, whatever that, ESPN sort of drama football show that they used to have. This coach said this one time, and I'll never forget. It's a good point. Sometimes when it comes to like just doing your job, any job, you just got to keep showing up. Like you might not be making highlights. You might not be making waves. Just keep showing up. You just got to keep showing up. And I think, again, what I mentioned his his longevity. I think the guys are going to look at that and they're going to say, hey, this guy might have a lot to offer to help me extend my career. And then a guy like Warren Sapp, who let's face it, Sapp was a beast in his day. 
very, very interchangeable. You could kind of play him on the end and move him around sort of in the tackle positions, uh, especially playing under Dungey in that Tampa two. And again, being a very outspoken guy, a very loud guy, uh, very confident. Uh, I think a decent example. He's had his setbacks, but I, I like him being there. And I certainly like Kerrigan being there too. So you got to hope that that little trio is going to really help our D line and translate into, uh, you know, individual success, which then translates into team success. And uh, I, I kind of want to wrap up the whole D line new coaching situation with a great quote from Jonathan Allen when asked about it. And, you know, he was, he was very much a, a grown up about this. He just said, look, this is a great game, a terrible business. You know, no, nobody necessarily wanted coach Mills fired, but, in a, in a situation like this where guys are going to have to take criticism from their coaches, if you don't like the person or if there's just something that's not meshing between the two, then that's going to be very hard for the coach to coach the player and for the player to be coached. It's just as simple as that. So great game, terrible business. Kind of weird considering they make more money than any other sport. But great game, terrible business is what it is. Eddie and Mike be talking about Carson Wentz and some other stuff in just a minute. All right. So we just finished talking about some Manders defensive line coaching staff stuff. Uh, we're getting ready to play the Panthers, and I know I can probably speak for most of you, if not all of you, that everybody on both sides is obviously hoping this game goes down without any of uh, their stars or anybody, for that matter, getting hurt. So having said that, uh, really excited, even if it's only for a series or two, to see how this offense looks, see how Carson and some of these guys like Dodson, Terry, uh, see, you know, if, if they play, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them sit, but if they do, I want to see how they mesh together because I really, I believe that if Carson can stay healthy and we put him in a good situation that we can be competitive, I'm not going to go out there and, Oh, you know, championship and here we go. But Carson's got something to prove to guys. And he's, he's, he's definitely a good player. So Mike, what, what are your thoughts? What are you looking forward to about this preseason game coming up? Um, I know Samuel was playing, so if Samuel's playing, then a lot of people are going to play. So, obviously, no injuries, like you said. Um, get them in, get them out. But I would like to see the offense move the ball, preferably yes. a touchdown. Okay. First, first team offense. Last year, I remember Fitzpatrick did not look good in the preseason. I was extremely concerned. I didn't say it, but I was ex extremely concerned about quarterback um, in the 2021 season. Not saying that I was happy that he got hurt, because I wasn't. Like, that just sucked. But I knew Heineke could give the team some pizzazz that Fitzpatrick so, wasn't doing. Sure. And you know me last year, especially when it comes to the fantasy side or fantasy football side of football, I was critical of Carson Wentz. I had Jonathan Taylor help me win a championship. So in the end, it didn't matter. But there were some times where the decision making on Wentz's part was very suspect. And just the simple fact that we were almost forcing Wentz throwing the ball instead of handing to one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best that uh, past season, uh, it, it really kind of irked me. Having said that, on the flip side of it, here's where my confidence comes. Uh, and you'll have to help me out here, even though as a Manders football team, formerly known as that name, we had that guy start for us last minute. Literally, we pulled him off the street. I can't remember what game it was. Can't remember any of that. Oh, you're talking about Garrett Gilbert? I believe so, yes. There the we Eagles go. Game. The yeah. Tuesday night Eagles game. Yeah, and my man came in, and don't be wrong, we lost, but he played extremely well, all things considered. 
Now, I'm not taking anything away from Gary Gilbert, but what I will say is that if Scott Turner is given this much time to work with Carson Wentz, I would hope he could put Carson Wentz in similar situations that he put Garrett Gilbert in. And, and again, as much as Carson Wentz might have pissed me off last year at times, he still threw 27 touchdowns to what was it, like nine interceptions? or Seven. Uh, I knew I knew it was single digits. I just couldn't remember where. So he did all that without a Terry McLaurin. Now I'm not disrespecting Michael Pittman Jr. or Pascal or T.Y. Hilton, who might or might not have been injured at times. Um, surprise there. But I'm confident that we can again, like like that we'll be there in the thick of things. We might not win at all. And I'm pleased I am far from saying that. But what I mean is when it's all said and done, you'll look back and you'll say, wow, you know, might not have even had a great season, but every game we were in it, like we were close, we competed, we played all the way to the end. That's what we've been doing. And I think if we continue to do that, that things will go more in our favor. I think a lot of these guys have had a couple of seasons to play together now. And although Carson is sort of the X factor, the, the enigma, the new guy, a lot of those guys like him. And so I'm really hoping, you know, you, you got a lot of people who get along with each other. They want to win for each other. I mean, that, that can only translate to some form of success, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's is obviously a factor. Don't get me wrong. But um, so we'll, we'll have our preview episode for the season. Um, probably the week of September 4th. So labor, the week the week of Labor Day, we'll have the season preview for the Commanders. But um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this now because I know I'm going to say it again during the season preview. It always... Like, Ron Rivera, the people focus too much on the win-loss record. They're focusing too much on win-loss record. Yes, he only is uh, 14 and 19 in the first two seasons as well. Washington's head coach, team president. I would give Rivera, the coach, a solid C+. Could have been better? Possibly. Um, but, you know, the firing Sam Mills, um, Jack Del Rio, um, bringing him in when you probably should have brought a younger defensive coordinator um, and that can, you know, stop modern defenses. I mean, modern NFL offenses. But Rivera, the president, give that man an A. He flipped the team over, man. From top to bottom, the team has been flipped. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think when you put everything in perspective, I don't think people truly understood just how bad we were top to bottom and, and not necessarily like talking about individual players or anything like that. Cause we've always had talent. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible. You're going to have high draft picks. You're going to get some good guys. Not all of them are going to be bust. But what I mean is when you look at the way we were run, the, you know, the, the signing free agents and giving them just ridiculous amounts of money for things that they had done in their past when they were past their prime, there was a lot of things that have taken a long time to get out of in terms of habit wise and, and um, image and reputation wise. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't say Rivera for president, but a C plus <laughs> so far on what he's done is I think pretty fair because you're, you're acknowledging the good he did, but also showing like, Hey, look, man, just cause we really like this guy and he's really elevated this team back to just some form of normalcy mm-hmm. he's got his flaws. And, and I agree with you there. Yeah, so, but I, I said the C plus is on the field off the field. I'll give him an A. So if I, we, if we round enough. it up, I mean, we combine them a beach is solid for somebody running this team. At sure. best, Jay Gruden was a C-level coach. At best. I mean, yeah, I, I don't – at best. I I think, again, see, that's where it kind of becomes sort of fool's gold because you look at the success we had, you know, Jay Gruden, like, inherited a lot of these guys. Like, exactly. There, Reed was already – Exactly. You I mean? So you can't – That was Shanahan's team. give that credit to Rivera in terms of what he inherited because when once he inherited the team, it was a totally different team. 
So that's where I, I pretty much am across the board agreeance with you there. Uh, I will say one last thing. And I, uh, I mentioned this to my buddy that I was chatting with uh, just a few minutes ago. I saw this guy who does these funny videos and I, I don't know how I didn't put this together, but it was a little like spoof, like Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz kind of talking to each other type of thing. And essentially the Colts saying like, yeah, you know, we got tired of Carson Wentz choking. So we went and got Matt Ryan and I, and I, I love Matt Ryan. I think he's a great quarterback, but the biggest choke of pretty much all time, he was the quarterback. So just to be fair, I mean, you know, obviously he's our guy, so I'm going to stand up for him too, but it just, the optics don't look good in that, in that particular argument. So hopefully Wentz stays healthy. Hopefully he makes good decisions. You brought out Matt Ryan, so I'm going to say this real quick. Say it. Give me – don't get me wrong. I like Matt Ryan, too. Um, I definitely had him on my list of quarterbacks that I thought Washington should target. He may have been number one. But – well, no, he wasn't number one. He was probably number three after – no, number four after Rogers, Carr, and Wilson. He was number four. Wentz was probably 4B. <laughs> like the, the difference between Wentz and Ryan is not that big. So good luck with that. Yeah, I tend to agree. Maybe off the field, Matt Ryan's a cooler dude to hang with, but we played the Falcons last season. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think anybody's dying to hang out with either of these guys. But, uh, but you, I'm talking about like the leadership and uh, locker room okay. presence and all that. Not going to church or nothing like that. But no. But seriously, we we played the uh, Falcons last year, and I mean, yeah, he they scored a lot of points on us, but the defense really was like loaf in that game. Like, Black. we got to remember that's the game where Chase Young sacked him, yeah. but he didn't sack him hard enough. <laughs> like, stuff like that was happening. But no, I thought uh, that he got a penalty or something. Yeah, that's he did get a penalty. And that's uh, what kind of, like, messed us up. That would have ended the game, but then we went to overtime or something. We still No, no, no. We ain't go to overtime that game. I figured, oh, that's right. That's right, because it was my man out of the backfield, uh, McKissick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, Winston and Ryan are like basically. I'm not, do not take this word for word. I'm not saying talent wise. I'm just talking about their situations. Ryan is Peyton Manning, Wentz is Eli. Like they're pretty much the same quarterback, except for Peyton's older and more polished. Eli. Has similar traits, but he just, you know, he's inconsistent. And Matt Ryan is more consistent. But they're both, their skills are like, I mean, Eli's a Manning, and he won two Super Bowls, so obviously he wasn't trash. But would you take him over Peyton if you had a choice? If all hey, things are no. equal, no. To the no, no, no. <laughs> um, and speaking of Hell no. Um, Deshaun Watson is starting for the Cleveland Browns Friday in their preseason opener versus the Jaguars. Um, I'm going to tell you, this rule actually was in play regardless of if the NFL appealed the suspension or not. I don't know why it's being reported the way that it's being reported, but um, the games that you're suspended for, does not count towards preseason games. And I remember um, Big Ben played in the preseason when he got his six games. Brady played in the preseason when he got his four games. Um, so he was playing in the preseason regardless. But well, I think, too, while this process plays out, he's allowed to practice with the team and participate until it's determined. Now, I, I obviously – they're no, he can he can do that regardless. He just like after the but when the preseason game end, then no, I no, get it. He's sitting practice out, he's sitting out play there too. I got you on that. So I, I think they kind of don't have a choice from two fronts. 
you're paying this man all this money. And I understand that like the money you get in ticket sales doesn't directly result to paying players, but it doesn't not result in that either. I know that's kind of hard to follow, but you want to get this guy reps too. He hasn't played ball in a whole year. True. Um, and and then you're you're about to basically be selling. I, I mean, I'm not saying again that this directly relates either, but given that contract, I wouldn't be surprised if certain price hikes, whether it's tickets or concessions or whatever, I wouldn't be surprised if that went up just a bit to try to compensate. Again, not directly related, but not unrelated. So you're paying this guy all his money. People want to see him. And if he does, if he does in fact sit this year, this is actually a great business opportunity for the Browns to be like, hey, come check this, you know, come come see him now. Well, you got a chance. So there's that. And then um, in related news, uh, I'm hearing and 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 it's confirmed. I, I feel like it was just an ESPN kind of like pipe dream or somebody just kind of looking at it and saying, oh, well, this fits. But apparently they are exploring signing Jimmy Garoppolo should Deshaun Watson be suspended the full season, which I think is interesting. Trade him for him or sign him if they cut him. Well, is he, is he under contract? I, I thought he did that whole thing where he like had surgery so they couldn't trade him, but he they have to work out an extension still, I thought. Or, for I mean, I asked, Garoppolo? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, assume I'm, that I'm they work out an extension that he signed, so then they probably would have to trade. Yeah, I, I just know he's not a free agent right now. And okay. I don't know how Cleveland could trade for him because his contract is outrageous. I think he's making either either just as much money as Wentz or man that's the backup. He's being disrespected. And oh, you're talking, you couldn't remember his name last episode. No, either, I couldn't. Uh, Brissett, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. I know one day you will hear this. A thousand apologies for me. I mean you no disrespect, but there's a lot of different angles in which the sun can directly get to my head because there's no hair there anymore. So um, my brain gets fried. And yeah, anyway, moving on. Yeah, they're they're looking to sign Garoppolo. But when Garoppolo was in New England, Jacoby Brissett started over him. Does that like, you know what I mean? And it's not just Jacoby Brissett. They got uh, um, what's my man's name? It's it's like it's not DeShazer Everett because he plays for us or did play for us. It's uh, Deshaun Kaiser, I think. Something of He's that. He's still in the league. Yeah, he played for Green Bay, but he plays for for Cleveland now. And then guess who else they got? Josh Rosen. You remember I that name? About that bum dude from UCLA that was drafted number one overall to Arizona, and then they they played terrible and and uh, uh, not Lincoln Riley, but whatever the guy's name is. Came in there as coach and was like, oh, we got the first pick again. I'm taking Kyler Murray. <laughs> so, yeah, Josh Rosen plays for them, too. So, if they got Garoppolo, that'd be like their sixth quarterback. <laughs> I imagine Rosen or somebody else is on the cutting block. But, again, it, it doesn't make sense to pay all that money for Garoppolo if you got Jacoby Brissett, who has a similar playing style to Deshaun Watson, which would be better for your team in terms of just flow and familiarity. So, why would you do that? Yeah, I know how I feel about Garoppolo. Like, that's what, what was pissing me off in the offseason was when people were like, oh, you traded this, this, and that for Wentz, and you could have had Garoppolo. What? For reference to our new fans, Mike has at least seven outstanding restraining orders from different members of Jimmy Garoppolo's family. <laughs> I just want to give you guys, throw that out there. That man is trash, and I feel I, I'm, I'm offended that Kyle Shanahan went all in with him as his um, quarterback to build around. I'm a so You're saying he should change his name to Oscar. Who? Kyle? No, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, I don't Oscar the Grouch. And I, I know what you meant. Like he yeah. is trash. Like let's not let's not um let that's like trash. trash but when I was oh, in uh, high school and we'd have lunch in the cafeteria, there was this lady, she was the custodian, and she was like actually like one of those custodians is weird. The custodians had relationships with children and whatever. What? But she would like she would like talk to the kids and stuff, right? And one of the things she would do is just like walk around at lunchtime and be like, trash. <laughs> and like just kind of yell it. And like she was trying to tell you the trash cans right here, throw your trash away. And Shut I don't know what it is, but pe- people liked her. 
Shut Sweet up, young. But um, what's wild though is their quarterback situation is like the the weirdest, strangest, most controversial quarterback situation probably ever. But the rest yeah, of that team labeled the dysfunctional organization. Isn't right. that wild? No, believe me, Cleveland definitely. If we were there, if we were number one, they were hard number two. Well, they <laughs> got to jump us now. But and just didn't, like, didn't the owner have like some kind of thing where it was like, right. like a mafia thing or like somebody was coming after him and like his ownership of the team was in jeopardy? Probably, because um, of whatever, like literally like a Scorsese movie or something like that. And it involved that gas station because um, he owns the, I think it's Pilot. No, not pilot, flying J. He owns a flying jet. Um, I think it's called Flying Jet Gas Station. <sighs> and they were involved. But anyway, um, I was saying though, the rest of the Browns team is nice from offensive line to receivers. They traded for Cooper. Running backs always been nice. Um, I know that Nick Chubb is elite. I know Hunt just requested for a trade, but that's just one running back. They still got others. They drafted yeah, my that man. doesn't mean they're going to trade him. They could work right. that out, too. And they, he's serviceable. You got, what, at least two to three good tight ends in my book, if I remember correctly. Right. They got Hooper. They got um, Jane, um not Janko. And um, Joku. And Joku. And um, I think he's drafted somebody. Too. Oh, yeah. He's my cat. starting tight end in fantasy. They got, a, they got a white cat. It's like something Bryant Hooper. or something like that. Oh, you're talking about. Um, it's a like blonde-headed dude. Harrison um, Harrison Bryant, I think. Yeah. I think that's his name. But, yeah, the, all three of those guys are actually pretty damn good. Um, and we ain't even say Jones. nothing about the defense yet. Bro, my <laughs> man Peoples-Jones? The receiver? Yes. He balled out for, for the Browns, bro. Nah, I'm telling you. I and feel more comfortable. There, he'll get he, – look. You can look up the stats. I don't have them with me, and I probably should have been prepared for this. The dude is a playmaker. He'll go up and get it, and he is – listen, Mike, he's not just a Jones, but he is the Jones of the the people. people. (laughs) Of the people, for the people, by the people. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why we do this, Mike, for the people. We're in a fantasy um, league together now, so we'll probably be talking more trash about that. But the reason I brought it up, though, is because um, I I like David Bill, bro. Like, I really, really like David Bill. But um, I, don't, I don't think – what's up, man? What's up, man? What's going on? Uh, fellow, fellow Fantasy League member Johnny Lavery, a.k.a. Rain and Booze. That's yeah. the team to look out for. They're going to be the team in last place again. Oh, that's um. not so. <laughs> I know. David Bill, man. Yeah, David go ahead. Bill. My bad. My bad. Um, I loved him coming out of Purdue, bro. Like, I loved him coming out of Purdue. He had a little injury bang up, so I might not even draft him this year. But um, hold on, Mike. Let me get my uh, pen and paper here since you're spilling drafts this year. Hold on. But um, – yeah, he's nice, and the Browns are nice, but how, even with Watson, bro, they wasn't winning the North. They wasn't winning the North. Oh. Give me uh, give me Cincinnati with, or Baltimore. With Watson, they're not winning the North? No, man. Give me Cincinnati or Baltimore. Cincinnati, oh, quite simply. You saved yourself. Cincinnati. I'm, I'm tell you right now. Go Cincinnati, ahead, go. quite simply, because they have the most explosive offense in that division. I don't care if the I don't care if the Browns just traded for Watson. I don't care if they got Chubb. I don't care if they got Cooper, Hooper, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Oh, I don't care snap. who they got. The Bengals offense still is the most potent offense in that division. You got Barrow, Chase, Higgins, Boy. Oh, I think Boy might be injured for the season. But they still got um Mixon. They got my man Chris Evans. Um, not talking about Captain America. So that that Bengals offense is going to be nice. The offensive line should be better. If the offensive line was better, they probably beat the Rams in the Super Bowl last season. So um, give me the Bengals or the Ravens just because they're the Ravens, bro. As long as John Harbaugh is there, I'm always going to lean towards the Raiders. And as far as the Steelers go, um. 
I think this might be the first year Mike Tomlin uh, doesn't, well, the second year, I guess, doesn't um, win over 500. Like, I, I just, and it's not because of the Steelers. Believe me, I like the Steelers. I like their roster. It's just that them other three teams, man, they just, they're, they're a couple of steps ahead of Pittsburgh right now. So Cincinnati went out, and uh, I want to say the guy's name is Copa. Uh, they signed him from Tampa Bay to shore up their O-line. I think they went and made another move as well at the O-line. The name and the position escapes me right now. I really think just in terms of potentially returning way healthier, I'm I'm going Baltimore, man. You can't go against Lamar Jackson. I agree Cincinnati has that explosive offense, but, uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm definitely going Baltimore. So, And um, speaking of the Ravens, they play the Titans tonight. So when I say tonight, August 11th, Thursday. So I believe that um, – I mean, I believe. I'm, I'm going to try to watch a couple of series to see how they're playing. And we also play the Titans this year, so it'll be nice to see how some of their players are playing. But to be real with y'all, like, I'm just so freaking ready for the season to start. Can't wait for um, Saturday to watch us play, but – I really can't wait for one month from today, September 11th, um, when we open the season against the Jaguars. And I just feel like the NFL season overall is going to be a lit season. And uh, with that, we're going to take a quick, quick break so you can listen to these beats. And we're going to talk about uh, a whole bunch of stuff from Bill Russell to Brittany Griner. Um the saddest of sad situations to the most deplorable situation but it's adding a mic we'll be smacked back welcome back Welcome back. Welcome back. Hopefully I don't get sued by uh, Welcome Back Carter. Uh, probably most of you that listen have no clue what that is anyway. I was like, what? Uh, it's 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 where John Travolta got his start. Uh, it's an mm-hmm. old, old TV show about a teacher in the 70s and everything. Um, Family Guy actually kind of briefly touches on it. Anywho, we're going to move on to my weird, um, I don't even know if I'd say pop culture reference, but yeah, so... Uh, Let's let's talk about why the NBA might be the best of all leagues. And to be honest, hockey, it, it like it's like they can't compete with the other three when it comes to these kind of things because hockey's more of a northern and Canadian sport, whereas football and basketball, like basketball, you play indoors. So like you could really play basketball anywhere. It's just from a business standpoint, you're not going to play it where people aren't going to go. And football, there's almost an embrace of the elements. Moving on, the NBA of the the three, and we'll say four because I don't disrespect hockey. The NBA is by far and away the best league in terms of doing things the right way for their players for their fans, for pretty much everybody. And that's only because the NFL almost is sort of a, a, a gigantic closet of just like keeping, you know, skeletons and other things under wraps. Like so many things were back in the day because there wasn't social media they got away with. Now it's starting to catch up to them. Anyway, I say all this, the NBA has decided to retire Bill Russell's number six across the board. I, I don't think there's really much more of a classier move. You know, Michael Jordan is widely regarded as probably the greatest player ever. Very iconic, very influential. Obviously, the marketability and the Jordan brand and all these things come into play too. But Bill Russell played at a time, which I've mentioned before, where he was the minority, and that's pun intended. Bill Russell played where a lot of the people watching him hated people who looked exactly like him. Now, I'm sure Bill Russell had his moments, and I'm sure 
There were times when he needed to defend himself. But as a whole, there are no stories of Bill Russell, you know, attempting to inflict violence on people from a standpoint of the way there are school shooters and and bomb threats, et cetera. So I think that definitely needs to be put in perspective. I, I don't know how I would put up with that every day, just going to work. And he played with a lot of guys who look like the guys that didn't like him. Eventually he would go on to be player coach. He was very influential from a social and civil rights matter, the same way Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was, or even a Bill Walton, who sometimes because of he's a little nutty and the hippie thing, he doesn't get enough credit for. Bill Walton was very outspoken uh, in his younger days at UCLA and as a Portland Trailblazer, just in whatever he believed, whether you agree with it or not. But this isn't about Bill Walton. This is about Bill Russell. I, I remember watching this video and it wasn't just Bill Russell, you know, the Celtics had guys like Jojo white, um, Robert Parrish much, much later on. And so that's, that's a little bit different, but just to name a few. And so they, they've had black players on their team, but Boston is historically racist. Yeah. Watching this video, it, like to this day, that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. God, it, it, it like, it even sounds bad. Just like, saying it like it's true you know anyway bob Cousy did this video and he was talking about how him and some of the other white players kind of sided with their teammates because they were told their their teammates were told they couldn't stay in the same hotel because of their color again the time they played in and and i don't there's no story out there of and when bill russell heard that he set the whole the you know the entire hotel on fire or he killed everybody in the hotel that didn't happen can you imagine like you're being talked to like that, treated like that and pushing that corner and you're able to maintain like a certain level of civility and, and, and control. I, I mean, and, and this is on top of the fact that he was an amazing basketball player. There's a video out there of him borderline in a Superman position with his head, even with the rim where he's jumping over his teammate and the opposing player to get the rebound. So for both the contributions on the court and contributions off the court, very appropriate that the NBA is retiring Bill Russell's number six across the board. Uh, very few other players that I think would be of similar deserving. Yeah. Um, it's the off the court stuff that makes this um, a logical decision. Um we could say Jordan. We should we should have retired twenty three across the league. I think only two teams have it retired: the the um, Bulls, the, the Miami Heat, yeah, and the Heat in honor of Jordan. It's really so, weird because the Heat did that, and then I think they gave him like a motorcycle or something crazy too. Right, but y'all got to remember the Heat weren't the Heat were an expansion team in the eighty nine ninety season, I believe. I'm sure Jordan appreciates it. So um, it's not like they were already decent with Jordan and was on his nuts or whatever. But I, I saw a, a post and it seemed like people were con- or had a problem with it or were confused. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was mainly because LeBron's number is six. Um, I'm a, it's, it's only two routes you can go. <laughs> There's only two routes you could go with this. Either everybody in the league right now that wears a number six jersey um, will have to change their jersey number, or they just keep their number and no more. Nobody else will wear the um, number six again. I think the I same think thing happened. Fair. I think the same thing happened in uh, Major League Baseball. Mariano Rivera wore forty-two for a long time before they retired Jackie Robinson's number. So. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Sometimes in the South, the term "bless your heart" can kind of go both ways. You know, it's uh, you say <laughs> it in an stupid. argument, people think it's an insult. But Mike, I say this with all sincerity: "Bless your heart." I literally, I saw where you were going, and in my head, I'm like, if he doesn't mention Mariana Vera, I'm going to jump all over it. Not all over Mike, because I don't expect <laughs> you to know everything that I know. Just the same way you don't expect me to know everything you know. And it's not this question your 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 fanhood 
if you will. I'm not a Yankees fan. Forget if them. You don't, no, 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 no. I know. When I say saying. fanhood, I don't mean a fan of the Yankees, but like the we sports, both love sports and that's where we're at. So I agree with you. And I think that's actually a great suggestion. I didn't look into the details. I just saw they're retiring across the board. And what I thought was cool and who knows the chicken or the egg here, but I saw a lot of people suggesting this both in some of the, the social media sports pages we participate in and then in various others, Twitter, et cetera, saw a lot of people saying this. So whether the NBA already was thinking about this or they just simply listened to their fans, either way or both are great mentalities and, and ways to think, which is why, again, I think the NBA is probably the best league. When you think of the way Adam Silver runs his league, the way guys are disciplined, the way everything is handled, They're very professional. They're very progressive. They're very player friendly because in the end, the the players are the product. Mm -hmm. Um, But hold on real quick. I'm I'm so glad you said that. Um, The NBA really is the best ran league when you talk about. Just look at everything. The things that they do for their fans, the things that they do for their players, the things that they do for, um, you know, to try to make the league interesting. They run the league the way a sports league is supposed to be ran. But you know why the NBA is so far behind the um, NFL? They don't cater to conservatives. That's a good point. They they don't cater to conservatives. NBA is a hard, hard liberal-leaning um, league. So point. when you it's have a... a point. When you look at the, di- the, the disparity because... Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I, I'm gonna get my man Mike. I'll find the picture, but I'm gonna get Mike to share this to the page just for the humor aspect. I don't want to. I don't want to get overly political. And uh, you, you can apply this to a number of things. But I remember uh, when they talked about this past season's uh, halftime show with Snoop and Dre and Eminem and whatever. It's a compiled picture of basically a bunch of guys who look the exact same because of their their general makeup. Uh, they're wearing the same kind of glasses. They're taking the same kind of profile picture. And it says, oh, such and such halftime show, I won't be watching. And I feel like that applies to the NBA as well. Like, oh, the NBA, I won't be watching. And, um, so I'll find that and we can share that just, just for the laugh of it. I, we don't need to get carried away about who's offended and who's a snowflake and whatever. We, we, we're all, you know, innocent and guilty all at the same time. Uh, having said that, uh, that's a great point, Mike. And I really think that people are missing out because for me personally, and, and, and everybody's different, but the NBA is so exciting when you look at what these guys can do with the ball. And then let's let's keep it 102, like probably the one league of all the leagues, which there's a lot of black guys in, in Major League Baseball too, which sport has the most black coaches? The NBA by far and away. Which sport – had female refs first it, by far and away it's basketball because the NFL just started doing that. Yeah. Same with coaching, but Violet will ever do that. Hockey. I, I don't have any idea. Like, I don't like, I know there's women's hockey. I just don't know if there's any what? difference that would translate. You know, why haven't there been more women hockey um, referees? point was to highlight all of the things that the NBA is doing that just puts them so far above everybody else. Um, and, you know, just to real quick touch on, on the uh, LeBron James, like the most, probably the most marketable player in the league or one of the top five, always oh, going to change his Jersey number. So then people go to buy his Jersey and he makes money. Off right. Of if he goes number? back to 23, there's going to be a lot of people. He could go to 32. He could go to 16. No, the heck he can't go to 32. He could go to number nine because nine upside down is six. Like, <laughs> there's a bunch of different ways to flip this. He could go to 33 because three times three is nine. You forgetting to- what team this man is playing on. You you done dropped um, Magic Johnson and Kareem's number. Okay, so he couldn't wear those. You're right. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. There's also talk that he's going to try to form some other super team and go somewhere else. Um, because LeBron, anyway, yeah, put that out there. Uh, 
Who wore number nine for the Lakers? Did anybody anybody? No, pay? yeah, I don't, I don't, not number nine, but thirty-two and thirty-three. I think. Yeah, of course. No, no, absolutely. You're Korean. right. I, I got to rambling, and I I forgot where I was going. <laughs> um, so let let's transition, and I'm know. not anti Joe Rogan, but I'm not anti pro Joe Rogan either. Kind of brought up a good point that I've always thought anyway. Regardless of what we do, I don't think this particular move would change Russia's opinion uh, in regards to Brittany Griner. I mean, it, it's clearly this is a a literally it's it's out of a movie almost. And you know, I, I don't know if we can send Rocky over and he can fight somebody and then that'll free her. But this this is a a political power move of sorts. Brittany Griner is a person of color. Brittany Griner is a member of the LGBTQ community. She is also famous to a degree. Um, and she did break the law and she's been playing over there for, I think, eight seasons. So she should know better, quote unquote. But, uh, you know, to the people who are saying no better, these are the same people that are drunk driving, that are all kinds of, you know, various crimes and felonies. And we're supposed to look the other way. Well, look the other way then. Same thing. And furthermore, how many people over here right now? are locked up or have been locked up for weed. And I'm not saying I don't want Brittany Griner free or that I don't feel for her. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm really not. I want her free right away. I want her free yesterday. But I'm also saying that maybe our government, as we try to get her free, should start to look at our prisons, our jails, and start freeing people who are there simply because of marijuana, especially considering so many people who might look a little more like me as opposed to Mike are opening businesses in the marijuana industry. Again, I'm sorry to take that political turn. I'll come right back. Free Brittany Griner. This sucks. Yeah. And like real talk, it's the main reason I have been so like silent about this because of course, I have an opinion on it. Y'all know me. I'm an opinionated person. But there are so oh. many freaking levels to this that I'd rather not waste my time and my energy and my thoughts on a situation that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have zero impact on a lot of situations I talk about. But this right here, we're talking international Um international situation between let's face it the cowboys and redskins of the world like russia versus america is well okay russia and america they're like the cowboys and redskins china is definitely philly (laughs) like those three teams and then you got um whoever the giant i think who will we say the giants are Definitely Iran, I feel like. No, 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 no. Germany. Germany. Yeah, I would say Germany for Definitely sure. Definitely Germany. Like, <laughs> there's there's a level of relevance that New York has in culture and a lot of things, and you can't you can't like take that New York, go right. out there, you're Middle East and whatever. Um, I will say this, and, and I understand exactly what the difference is gonna be. Right. Because I, I feel like in both situations, their money might be involved as well in terms of status. Um, we know Brittany Griner's famous. She makes a lot of money as, as well, not a lot, but a lot compared to you and I. Uh, anyway, Audrey Lorber. Uh, I've seen this shared on the internet. I believe I've shared it myself. If I haven't, uh, I was only hesitant because of the times. Uh, I was, you know, maybe not in the best condition to be posting things. So I thought twice having said that she is a Staten Island. uh, I want to say she's maybe like 18, 19. She was over in Russia and she had weed and she got put in jail. But like two months later, she's out. Now, I don't know her family's status compared to Brittany Griner's. I would imagine at her age, if she's traveling to places, there's potential for her to have money. Doesn't mean she didn't work hard and save to do this. I don't know why you'd want to go to Russia, but anyway, you know, Hey, it's your world, your oyster. We're just living in it. Um, yeah, I, I get the difference is Brittany Griner is like a much bigger deal. She's going to garner more attention for being over there than this teen would. Uh, not to mention 
potentially, again, her being a minority, her being a member of the LGBTQ community. Uh, is there, I think there's a plus in there now too. I'm only trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to be funny. Yeah. Anyway, being a member of both of those uh, communities, if you will, definitely on top of being famous, it becomes a trifecta for, you know, uh, her being a mark or a martyr. Uh, so I get it, but it just, it, it, I can certainly see how it's disheartening, but um, I think we're going to try to turn a twist here. Going to be definitely tough, but I'm going to throw some random thoughts at you, Mike. I want you commenting on all of these. First and foremost, we're going to talk about yesterday. Let me bring this up so I have the right minor league team here. Uh, Chandler Redmond for the Springfield Cardinals hits a home run cycle, Mike. <laughs> he being a sports fan in general, I've often wondered. We know what the cycle is in baseball. It's when you get a single, a double, a triple, and a home run. You've got all hits in one game, mind you. <laughs> this guy did that in terms of home runs. He hit a solo, a two-run shot, three-run shot, and a grand slam. The last time this happened, 1998, I am looking up the gentleman's name right now. Uh, the guys, no, that's uh, <laughs> just for fun. I love minor league teams. Uh, my man Chandler Redman, he did this against the Armorio Sod Poodles, which are the Arizona Diamondbacks affiliate. Goodness. So let me see here if there's more information. Uh, yes, here we go. The last time this happened, 1998, by a Tyrone. Horn. Hmm. Tyrone Horn also played for that same. Oh, wow. The um, Springfield Cardinals. Yes. Wow. Well, I don't know that they were the Springfield Cardinals at the time. Um, at the time, Horn played for the Arkansas Travelers in double A, but both of those were um, uh, Cardinals affiliates. So I just think that's crazy. It's only the set, both those times are the only two times ever in minor league baseball history that this has happened. Um, want to have a little fun. Cause I know people have been like, I saw one person, they Photoshopped uh, little league world series is going on right now. And you know, these kids, they, you know, Hey, what's your name, your favorite player? What do you want to do when you grow up? What do you like? Blah, blah, blah. And there's always that um, it, it's from a few years ago, but that one kid, his voice is like this. Oh yeah. And my name is Al so and so, and I hit dangers. Uh, Dinger is a home run. Um, just for those of you who might not have understood what I said, uh, so that's a great video. But this kid, they're like, "Hey, what do you want to do when you grow up?" And he says, "I want to be a chicken nugget taste tester." And I just what? thought that was pretty awesome, considering <laughs> most kids are like, "I want to be a pro ball player." You know what I mean? Like extremely original. Um, so there's that. Uh, what chicken about you, nugget Mike? taste t- chicken, chicken nugget, nugget taste, taste tester. tester. I, I love the videos of people, and it doesn't happen often because these guys usually get caught. But when they per- they like go into a McDonald's, Wendy's, wherever, and pretend to be corporate and just eat a bunch of free food, that's um, messed up. I think it's great because those corporations make so much money. Um, I'm going to end it with this one: greatest thought ever. So this guy did this video on, I think, TikTok talking about all these different guys who were potentially at one point or another, especially early in their career, the heir apparent to Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And he brings up Grant Hill and he makes this excellent point. And I can't argue it at all. The basketball gods denied Grant Hill's chance at being even with or better than Michael Jordan, being, being the next Jordan because, quote, he played for the Duke Blue Devils, which was a rival of the North Carolina Tar Heels that Jordan played for. And he played for the Detroit Pistons, which were the rival of the Chicago Bulls that Jordan played for. Mike, your thoughts? Stuff happens. Like, that's just like the same with Brandon Roy, man, and uh, Penny Hardaway. And Greg Oden is the one that I feel, no, not even Greg Oden, him and Yao Ming. I feel like if they were able to play longer and be healthier, that they would have been able to um, go. They would have been able to 
dominating the league, Odin and Yao. So I that's a good I, point with Odin and Yao. And I, you know what? I mentioned him, but uh Bill Walton was the same way. He had exactly Portland and then he got hurt. Ended up winning a championship with Bird, but he didn't play near as much in Boston then. But uh, real quick before we end it, you want to take a guess at some of the other guys they were saying were the heir apparent to Jordan? I mean, I I, I almost know you're going to get at least one or two of them. Um, obviously, Kobe. Yep. Um, I remember Bamos was on, um, what's his name? Was it Isaiah Ryder? They were saying it was the next door. He, nah. he won a dunk contest with the through the legs thing, but I don't. I, I wouldn't throw him in there. There's, there's two other guys specifically that. Um, I, one, I think you definitely you know who he is, but you might not have viewed him that way. The other, you might know who he is, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't. No, for the sake of time, tell me. Vince Carter would be the the next one, just because. Well, play, hey, look. Carter came in winning the dunk contest. But they were two completely different, like... Yes and no. I'll say Vince Carter developed the three and relied on that a little more. But early on, Vince Carter was going to that rack, bro, and he was there, there was a I'm, similar... No, There's a similar way that they both kind of floated, made their way to the hole. That, that's all I'm saying. And they were from North Carolina. They were both bald. Like, people were putting all those things together. It doesn't mean that he was exactly like Jordan. No, I get what you're saying. Vince, but for me, Vince was like more, even when he was coming out of, mind you, I was only 10 when he was drafted. He run rookie of the year, 1999. But I never, like even as a 10-year-old, I, I never looked at Vince Carter and thought Jordan. Now, at 10 years old, I definitely was looking at Kobe thinking Jordan. But not Vince. Who's the other person? Harold Miner. Ah, I was going to say that. I was going to say that, but I was. Harold Miner faded, though. You know, it was just the fact that he was just so good in college. Again, Ah. uh, a a black dude, shaved head, really well-rounded baller, could dunk one dunk contest. It's similar to Vince Carter type thing. Um, you know why so, I didn't say him because I thought that he was called the Jordan stopper and not uh, necessarily the next Jordan. I don't, I don't think I ever heard Jordan stopper. Dang, I'm mad at myself. I should have said yeah. Harold Miner, Harold Miner uh-huh. from, from Southern Cal. I'm Did pissed at myself. Nah, you don't need to be pissed. Um, but just for the go, y'all, um, the Wizards they bring him back the white. 1998 style um jerseys so that's the two the white till gold trimming jerseys so are they going to be wearing those like every it's just a special jersey it's not a um okay it's not it's an alternate it's not the they're not buddy we're talking about it and he and you know i i see that i think Jordan and Kwame Brown and whatnot. <laughs> and I also think, listen, I also what about think, Gilbert? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Gilbert Arenas and Antoine Jameson, Karan Butler when he was healthy, even um my man uh from St. Louis. I wish we had never got rid of him. Larry, oh, Larry Hughes. Hughes. I was I always like Larry Hughes being paired with uh Gilbert because Hughes was a very good one-on-one defender, but had some scoring capabilities, and I felt like he took that off of Gilbert some. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, so when I see those jerseys, it's like mixed feelings, you know, because I also remember like the Mitch Richmond days and like, you know, early on. When Hotty played, White. Yep. Calvert yep. Cheney. Yep. Yep. Popeye Jones. Darvin Ham. Not Darvin Ham. What's, I can't remember his name right now. I'll think of it. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, mean, I think he did play for us, though, for a while, Darvin Ham. Who was the Bama that threw the ball up in the preseason game? I think it was against the Bulls or the Raptors because Mo Pete hit the shot. But, like, we were winning by two with, like, two seconds left on the clock. No, with, like, three or four seconds left on the clock. He gets the rebound. He throws the ball in the air for celebration. Man, Mo Pete caught that thing and hit the three for the win. Oh, I do remember that. I can't remember who did it, though. It was a preseason game, but dang. Yeah. I was like, bro. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> and, um, the last thing. The, y'all don't understand. I almost cursed like 10 times in this uh, this whole episode, but I keep 
you know, adding in myself prematurely, I guess. But anyway, the freaking nationals. I won a curse because uh, we just won the World Series three seasons ago. How we enter rebuild mode so fast. <laughs> I ain't never in my life seen a team fall so hard so fast, bro. Yeah, and I don't know how you do this with all the money he makes, but there's potential of moving Corbin um, to the to the bullpen, making him some kind of closer or something. I mean, he just he's been getting run uh, the last several games, and uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm saying, basically like means he started the game and within the first inning, maybe three innings, like it's already a done day for him when a typical starter gives you maybe seven to seven and a half innings at least. Uh, you know, there's some guys that'll go a little deeper, but um, that's what she said. Anyway, uh, yeah, so um, that's that. Uh, it, it is what it is. We're going to have to tough it out for a season or two at least, but I'm, I'm trusting Mike Rizzo. I, I mean, the, the guy has shown when we get good, dra- you know, high draft picks and we're making trades for prospects that he does the right thing. So we're just going to have to ride with it, you know? Right. And um, that's it. Uh, my apologies for the typing in the background. Um, but we gonna bounce up out of here. Yeah. Two more things. Maybe, maybe I'm starting a live stream this week. Um, it'll be late night after every Commanders game. I think I told you Redskins earlier, <laughs> but no, it'll be after every Commanders game. Um, sometimes Eddie will be on. Sometimes he might not be on. Um, sometimes we'll have other folks on, but just look out for that. Um, Saturday night should be the first one. And also, I'm starting a newsletter that I'll release two times a week. Definitely on Mondays, and the other day will probably be Thursdays. So look out for that as well. But yeah, we're definitely in the midst of a upgrade, I would say, as far as our branding goes. Oh. So you'll see more consistent shows. You'll see better um, productions and logos and all that stuff. Um, but we're kind of chilling until football season starts because that's the most popular time of the year for our show. But until then, y'all now must be safe. Enjoy these preseason games. And we're going to holler at y'all next week. Take care, guys. <laughs>